Hello, and welcome to the Deep Bible Studies Podcast, where we discover, explore, examine, and practice the Word of God. I am your host, Claudia Rivera Guevarez, and today we will get started in John 7, 20 through 24, part 1. And so we're actually going to start a little bit earlier, verse 19, which we finished off last time, which says, Has not Moses given you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why do you seek to kill me? So Jesus said in John 15, 18 through 19, If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. So the world hates him in context to this passage because he is not just another gone with the wild false religious teacher. If he were, he would have been filled with riches and praise as most are. The world loves its own. Therefore, the world's hatred towards Christ and the fact that he is righteous shows he is who he says he is. Let's kind of have a recap over who he says he is. I am the bread of life. John 6, 35, 41, 49, and 51. I am the light of the world. John 8, 12. I am the door of the sheep. John 10, 7 through 9. I am the resurrection and the life. John 11, 25. I am the good shepherd. John 10, 11 and 14. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. I am the true vine. John 15, 1, 5. John 1, 9-13 says, The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Therefore, in every single one of these things that we just went over from the chapters of John that we have talked about or either will talk about, we see that as explicitly as I can say it, Jesus is God. And so let's move on. The crowd answered, you are a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? Jesus answered them, I did one work, and you all marvel at it. Moses gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers, and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. So Genesis 17, 9-14 says this, And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins. And it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house or bought with your money, from any foreigner who is not of your offspring, both he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh or his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. So this is a sign of the covenant. The sign of the covenant between Noah and God was a rainbow, and this is the sign for Abraham and the nation that would be of his descent. It seems very weird and purposeless almost, but it's actually incredibly important. During all of Genesis, the genealogies and the 
overall narrative grounds itself upon the promise in Genesis 3, which says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. We constantly see genealogies in this book because it is anticipating for this offspring. So what does the New Testament start with? A genealogy. Because the offspring who would bruise the head of the serpent, namely crush sin and death through his own death, has come. And his name is Jesus, who came as God promised from Abraham's descent. So now today, circumcision is completely normal. It is a normal process most male babies go through for their health. But back then, this was not normal. The nations at the time did not see the need to get rid of the foreskin. This means that we first see God's wisdom, because in modern day, we actually know this is to be healthy and good for males. Second, back to the genealogies, this specific sign was important as to where the offspring would come from, this lineage. The Israelites would literally be marked off as a sign of God's faithfulness of his offspring, who as Isaiah 53 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So this offspring would redeem his people and, and ultimately the world would cause an inward circumcision, one in the heart. And we actually see this in Romans 2, 28 through 29, which says, For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical, but a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the Spirit not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. So therefore, the true descendants of Abraham are those who repent and believe in Jesus. And what is the sign of this new covenant? Well, the Holy Spirit changes and renews the heart. Just as 2 Corinthians 1:22 says, and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. He who is in Christ is a new creation and the church is the bride of Christ only by God's saving grace. But back to why Jesus mentions this in the chapter. This covenant then becomes part of the Mosaic law, which we can see in Leviticus 12, one through three. According to the law, male babies had to be circumcised even if their eighth day was on the Sabbath because it was part of the law. Therefore, the circumcision law quote-unquote breaks the Sabbath law. One law obviously doesn't break the other because God isn't contradictory, but Jesus was using the logic to, as John MacArthur states, if ceremonial cleansing of one part of the body is permitted on the Sabbath through the act of circumcision, which is lesser, how much more should actual healing of the entire body be permitted on the Sabbath? which is greater. And as we talked about before, he's talking about here his healing, the man that had a disease where he couldn't move on the Sabbath, which is when we talked about that all this hostility started against him. And so let's just finish off the chapter. 
verse 23 says, If on the Sabbath a man receives circumcision so that the law of Moses may not be broken, are you angry with me because on the Sabbath I made a man's whole body well? Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. You can find more information on our website, www.deepbiblestudies.com, where you will also find the calendar to go along with the book that we will be studying. You can also find us on Instagram, at Deep Bible Studies, and Facebook, where you can know every single time we post a new podcast. Also, we have an email, contact at deepbiblestudies.com, where you can ask us any questions and we will be sure to get back to you. I hope you have a wonderful day and see you next time.